In the fall, I will stand before 250 Notre Dame undergraduates. That's where I am a professor. What course could possibly interest 250 undergraduates at Notre Dame? Wine tasting 101? Beers not named Natty Light. How to dress like a professor. You kind of care, but you don't care all the way. <laughs> the course I teach is Nuptial Mystery Divine Love and Human Salvation. It's a class on the sacrament of marriage, on sex, on dating, on family life. Why do 250 students, many who no longer identify as Catholic, Want to take this class around the subjects that really most terrify them? Well, they have questions. Why can't they meet a decent person to date? This is probably a question many of you have. Why is there an expectation that they hook up immediately? Why are guys on dating apps so absolutely creepy? These are the deep questions of the heart. And yet, they also have much more serious questions. They're wounded by love, or wounded by what they thought was love. Many of them come to me and say they can't love. They can't love. They can't love the person who loves them because they are addicted to pornography. Pornography is a huge problem. 40% of men in the United States have looked at pornography this very week. Roughly 10% of women. To put this into a context, of the roughly 8 million teens and adults in New York City, we can assume that 2 million have looked at porn. This week. Now, our approach to this tends to be all right, if you're addicted to porn, suck it up, right? Get a friend, put a password on your computer, lift yourself up by your bootstraps. And yet, this is insufficient. When you talk to them, there's a reason for the addiction, there's something wrong. It's not just a lack of chastity. These are very, very religious people coming to me announcing I am addicted to porn. Jay Stringer, a Protestant minister and therapist, says the following The choice of unwanted sexual behavior is never accidental. It's about a culture. And what is the culture that produces? Pornography. And what happens further to the person who regularly looks at porn? Think about what porn is. 
you may say, okay, they're looking at sex, right? They're watching sex, but they are not. They are watching a screen, mediated through a screen. And think about what they see. Hopefully you don't know. I've only read books about it, but hopefully you don't know what they're seeing. But here's what they're seeing. They're seeing a young woman who is, has to become entirely available to this man. She has no emotion, no affection. She's there exclusively to pleasure him. The man himself asks whatever he wants, whatever he wants, he gets. This has formed the imagination of those who date in this age. And it has an effect. I want to introduce a line you'll hear again. We become what we see. Right? What is porn? It's pleasure without friendship. Sex without a body. Desire without communion. It's violent. You look into violence and that is all that you see. St. Augustine never wrote on pornography. Happily, it didn't quite exist. But he did write about passion. He had a friend named Olypius who went to the Colosseum. He imagined himself to be the supreme Roman Stoic. He would shut his eyes and not look at the violence. But he entered in, and ah, the roar of the crowds. Ah, the sound of cheering, the sound of screams of the gladiators. And he opens his eyes, and immediately he's taken in by it all, cheering, becoming violent, right? This kind of happened to me once. I went, went to a Yankees game, and I hate the Yankees, and I found myself cheering for the dreadful Yankees. Yet for Olypius, it was violence. He saw violence and he became violent. We become what we see. If you look at porn, you become a violent person interiorly. You become a person who wants desire without communion, sex without a body, and pleasure without friendship. We become what we see. But what and who could we look at where there is both desire and communion? Love that respects the body and the pleasure of friendship. Not surprisingly, I would like to suggest our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And yet, where do we look for him? I have been looking on every street, and he has not yet called me by name. I do not encounter him in airports and travel, but I do encounter him in a particular way in the Blessed Sacrament, in the Eucharist. Now, if I said to you, what is the Eucharist? You would say, ah, it is the body of Christ. That's what I see when I look at the Eucharist. I see Christ's body. And I would say to you, no, you do not. Now, I'm not being contrarian. I'm just joining the great tradition, including St. Thomas Aquinas. 
In a poem, St. Thomas writes, it's a poem entitled, The Adoro Te Devote. In this poem, St. Thomas writes, Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore, masked by these bare shadows, shape and nothing more. See, Lord, at thy service. Lo, lies here a heart, lost, all lost in wonder, at the God thou art. We become what we see. And what do we see in the Eucharist? We see what looks like bread and wine. And yet, that's not what the Eucharist is. There's something invisible. The bread and the wine have become Christ's body and blood at the level of substance. Substance in philosophy is not visible. It's like when my daughter sees a dog and another dog and another dog and another dog and another dog, and and she can say, doggies, right? Has she seen all dogs in the world? No, but she can see what dog is. It's not visible, but it's understandable through the mind. In the Blessed Sacrament, we see bread and wine, and yet what is there is Christ's body and blood. What we see invisibly is the total gift of love. And it's our attitude that allows us to see that. We're forming my son right now for his first communion, and one of the things we're working on is, well, what is the Eucharist? And yes, he has a dad as a theologian. His life will be miserable for the rest of his days. And yet I have no plans to teach him the doctrine of transubstantiation quite yet. Here is what I do teach him. What's your attitude before the sacrament? What we see is bread and wine, but what we really see is the gift of love. Now, What God gives us to behold in this, of course, is not immediately visible. That's the gift of the Blessed Sacrament. If I was the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I was to become present to you, you would know it. There would be fireworks. I would call forth bears. I feel if there were bears, people would really pay attention, right? But what do you see? That which looks like bread, that which looks like wine. You are given the freedom to respond in gift. What God gives us to behold is that freedom, the freedom to become like the Blessed Sacrament, to become love itself, not grasping it, not seizing it, not looking at a mere image, but to respond in love to that person who is made invisibly present. How can adoring the Blessed Sacrament heal this pornographic gaze. Let me remind you what this gaze is. It is pleasure without friendship, sex without a body, desire without communion. One of my undergraduates' favorite readings in the course we do is from a French Catholic philosopher, Jean-Luc Marion. I promise you 
that I'm not encouraging you to adopt this in your parishes for your next Advent reading. You will have a large rebellion on your hands. And only two people will show up. And yet, Jean-Luc Marion says the following about love. Love exempts itself from the power of the image since my gaze, by definition, invisible, claims to cross their another gaze, by definition, also invisible. What does this mean? Well, if you had a semester with me, I would tell you. But since you do not, I will use just an image. When my son was born, he spent several days in the NICU. And it took several days for him to finally open his eyes. He was covered in all sorts of tubes for breathing. And I was holding him, and likely he was pooping. Uh, that's inevitably what they're really doing. Uh, and so I was holding him, and finally he opened his eyes and looked at me. And his gaze met my gaze for the very first time. This is the first encounter I have ever had with this person. And at that moment, he was no longer object, no longer the creature I was caring for. He was my son. And suddenly, I proclaimed, I will love you forever. That's the crossing of the gaze, right? I'm not looking at object. I'm looking at person. I'm looking at something that is invisible. This person made present to me in love. And of course, what else can I do but respond invisibly in love, giving myself to him? which I have continued to do as he continues to grow older. We become what we look at. If we look at a person as an object, we too will become object. We will be incapable of real desire, of real friendship, of real love. And if we look at the person as gift, we too can become gift. As it turns out, the pornographic gaze is not unique to porn. It's the kind of gaze that happens every day. The gaze when you pass a homeless man or woman in the street, but refuse to look them in the eyes, just another object along your way to work. It's the gaze when your parish finds an unwed mother in its midst. And instead of offering support of love, you say something like, wow, culture has really fallen apart. It's that gaze, that objectifying, that is the pornographic gaze. That's the root of the problem. So, we must change ourselves. If we look at the person as gift, then we too become capable of gift. The Eucharist forms us to see in this way. Every single week we return because we have not mastered this gaze. I, Tim, do not look at people as gift. People in front of me who drive too slow are not gift. My children are not always gift. Even you here are not to me always gift. And yet, we learn this way of seeing. Remember what St. Thomas said, Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore, masked by these bare shadows, shape and nothing more. In the Eucharist, we learn to see 
something that is invisible, love, and we're given the ability to respond in love. See, Lord, at thy service. Lo, lies here a heart, lost, all lost in wonder, at the God thou art. So how do we heal this pornographic imagination, this vision, this gaze that does such harm to us? We must gaze at love itself. And only then will we become what we see. Thank you. Thank you.